hey there everybody uh welcome to this latest episode of let's plan a wedding i'm dave and i'm mandy and uh, today we're going to be talking about getting organized uh which uh this is a uh listener requested episode uh shannon out there wanted to know about uh, some some day of organi- organizing tips and uh, we're going to touch on that as well as you know kind of the the broader idea of of how how we are organizing our wedding and uh keeping things uh to a uh a comfortable level of things to do well i think no matter how you're doing it or not doing it it is a crucial part of keeping organized there when you're planning a wedding there's just a lot going on you're managing a lot of different people a lot of different things you're in contact with a lot of vendors so i believe there definitely has to be some type of organizational strategy to keep you sane Mm -hmm. through this entire thing oh yeah and and so uh for when we sat down to start uh you know kind of real really we, we we got done with the you know the make some ups part where we're just kind of thinking about well you know, we'd like to do this or we'd like to do that. And again, you want to do that. It's kind of like the, the brainstorming process. And you should probably take notes during that. Oh, evening. definitely. Uh, Mandy uh, ha- now has a, a instinctive reaction whenever we talk about wedding planning. When I say, ooh, wait a minute. Because she knows what I'm going to do. And, and uh, she's gotten good at suppressing an eye roll as I pull out the whiteboard and start throwing notes up onto that because it it does help we do use the whiteboard quite a bit we do and and it has helped quite a few times i also have a notebook Mm. we use the notebook sometimes too depending on what we're doing but you know kind of you know writing all that down because you know in in your kind of your initial brainstorming piece uh, you're going to come up with stuff that some of it is just not going to happen some of it is going to wind up you know contrasting with something else and you can't do it but you know a fair amount of those things might be good ideas and you want to you don't want to have the good idea and then forget about it and i definitely think it's important because like you said it helps you figure out in your head maybe you think the idea is great and then you say it out loud and you realize that's the stupidest thing i've ever said no that's a terrible idea yeah so Um, it's very important i think to verbalize some of your thoughts mm-hmm. to get them out there and say them out loud and run them through well and is but you know if you're planning it with your spouse or you know even you know amongst your wedding party or your family it doesn't really matter who but saying it out loud yeah it offers the possibility that somebody's going to think that that idea was dumb but what's more likely to happen is somebody's going to bring up uh, a point about that idea whether it's an issue or or an add-on and if it's an issue you know it doesn't necessarily mean it's unresolvable you can always solve for that but you have to have somebody tell you that that's an issue first before you go oh yeah that is you know we can't do it that way because otherwise you know grandma's not going to have a place to sit um and then it doesn't mean the idea is dead it's just well now you just got to figure out a way to do that where grandma has a place to sit we have to execute a a good version of this yeah and and again you know if you keep it all in your head you 
some of those valid concerns don't get brought up. And then, of course, you have, uh, you know, the potential for people, you know, yes-anding you and and putting an add-on to your idea that's really good. And we've Absolutely. gotten a couple of those so far where I had an idea in my head and we talked about it and you said something and I'm like, oh, that, we can do, oh, yeah, that, that works really well. Or... You know, in talking to like my mom or your mom about things, they've they've had useful stuff to to contribute to it. So. Oh, absolutely! And I think in our case, you're definitely pretty hands on with the planning, where that may not be the case for everyone. Well, planning's what I do for a living. Yes, and our planning sessions do become very military at a certain point. Uh, I am a firm adherent to the military decision-making process. It's a great, great way of making decisions. Uh, and I, I, I have been utilizing some of the visual planning tools. Uh, eventually, we're going to get a picture of you and me, um, you know, with a map and little army men, and we're going to be moving them around with little uh, croupier sticks uh, and uh, we'll we'll send that out as I don't know something, but that that's gonna be cute. But for in depth as your planning method can get, it is helpful to have two people doing it. Because oh, yeah. if I wasn't spitballing ideas with you and going through things with you, then it would be either you know my maid of honor, my mom. Mm-hmm. I would definitely have to be doing it with someone. Oh yeah. So I think, but too, I like that us planning the wedding together gives us a good overview mm-hmm. for decision making planning and problem solving oh, yeah. as you know we've committed to be together forever <laughs> well and so if, if we if we can't uh successfully and amicably plan a wedding together um sorry cat wants to get in on the podcast again uh yeah if we can't plan something this uh, you know and i'm i'm sure we're going to get a, a lot of grumblings from listeners who are also getting married right now but if we can't plan something this simple together because really when you're talking about a wedding at the end of the day it is two venues and a meal that's it that's the whole thing yes i think maybe you're oversimplifying it but compared to some of the things you have had to plan in your particular case well but i mean i I think it's helpful to think of it that way whether you have experience planning things or not, is it's not this insurmountable task. It's two venues and a meal. Uh, now, again, that's not to say that it's, it's easy. It's not. It's complicated, and there's a lot of moving parts. But again, we're not invading Europe here. <laughs> we're, it's two, two venues and, a, and, and again, in our case, one venue and a meal. Absolutely. Because we don't, you know, we're having the ceremony at the reception hall. So, like... It's basically, you're planning a very important large party. Yes. And is that, what it comes down to. That is, that is all it is. And, of and, course, you want it to go smooth and well, and you want to make sure all your bases are covered, but... Well, and, yeah, like I say, I say that because I I think weddings get mythologized um, as far as being, oh, it's going to be the most, you know, stressful day of your life, and, and, you know, oh, it's so complicated to plan, Uh, but, but again, you know, if you let that mythology, that myth build up in your head, it becomes very intimidating, 
to approach planning the wedding and then very you're 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 kind of throwing gas on the fire of your own stress when you you know do start planning well because you've made yourself nervous about it at this point yeah you're stressed and it is important it's you know it's your wedding it's your it's going to be memorable mm -hmm. so i think that adds a little bit of extra well and and to me that keeping that in mind adds good stress it adds motivating stress but again i you can very easily get wrapped around the axle of all of these things that all of these very little things and and little decisions that all go into planning the wedding again they they do add up and and we'll kind of get into well, that just in, in a minute i think that that's one of the important things about planning the wedding is accounting for the little things so that everything's not snowballing you at one time oh yeah but again remembering that you know again overall they are just a bunch of little decisions you have to make and you do have to make them and and it, they wind up adding up into the whole and so one of the first, one of the most important things to do that we did first and and again this is kind of you know based based on my decade of experience in planning things is you want to create a checklist you got to take every single one of those little decisions and you need to put it down on paper so that it's accounted for so that you, you you're tracking that it's something you need to to make um and so what we did was I, I, you know, just on PowerPoint using a table, you know, created a, a two columns, a item and status. And in the item, it's just a list of all the uh, things we need to get, decisions we need to make, um, yes, uh, the, the stuff that has to be checked off uh, for the wedding. And then in the status... Uh, I use a three color coded system. Red means we've done nothing on it and, and need to get on that. Yellow means it's partially done but not complete. And green means it's done. And the color coding system is uh, incredibly helpful psychologically because, you know, if, if you've just got all of these decisions in your head, and all the things you're if you're keeping your checklist in your head uh, it like I say it can quickly snowball on you and become a much bigger much more stressful thing than it needs to be with the color-coded status uh, you you can easily see again what does still need to be done but as you want as the the weeks and months go by and you watch the blocks and the status blocks in that chart go from red to green you do get a sense that oh we're we're actually making a great you can, deal of progress you can easily see your accomplishments yeah when and, you do something like that and you can also do the same thing on excel if yeah. you're more comfortable with that program it, it, honestly it, honestly it's it, you could do it on a whiteboard you could do i was it, just gonna say even if you're you prefer the notebook method you do it on a notebook and I think what's important to note is before we made our checklist, our finalized, this is our checklist, is we listed everything out and prioritized it. Mm -hmm. So our checklist is broken down into things that need to be done first, things that have hard dates, things that we 
can't do until later and we know we can't do this till two months before the wedding well and that's the other important thing that yeah we uh, again I, I brought this in from my previous experiences we broke it up into phases we basically have three phases to wedding planning and it's phase one of the checklist is basically everything that we can do between when we started the checklist back in November and the day the invites are going out. Because, you know, if you're out there planning your wedding, you know that there's a whole bunch of stuff that you need to do in order to plan a wedding, but that you can't do until you get RSVPs back. So, like, in our Phase 2 list, you know, we've got things like final meal numbers to the venue again that's one thing we're on the hook for we absolutely have to get those numbers to the venue but we can't make any progress on that until at least the day after the well, invites right. go out we, i mean well we can assign people meals i'm not sure if they're going I mean, to like that and so the the nice thing about breaking it into phases is it takes that and rather than keeping that on a single checklist and constantly seeing that red block for a very important item um no you take that you put that into a different phase because again we couldn't make progress we couldn't turn that red to green right now if we want i was to. just gonna say there's nothing we can do with it even if we wanted to get it done tomorrow and again you've also we've also got things like uh i'm looking at it right now uh finalize the room layout and uh make a seating arrangement also things we can't do until we have RSVPs back. Right. Because, again, we, we, we did a kind of a mock seating arrangement just to kind of try to figure out... Based on who we assume yeah. is going to be there. But really, until the RSVPs come back, we don't know exactly who's going to be there. So there's not a whole lot of point to making an imaginary seating arrangement because you could put all that effort into that now you know early basically during phase one but then when cousin eddie decides he can't make it because there's a nascar rally on the same day that throws the whole thing off and you wind up spending even more time trying to fix your original plan than if you i just want to make a note here yes we are a nascar friendly house I do not I don't have down a NASCAR. With, I don't have a problem with NASCAR. I'm just saying that would be something Cousin Eddie would blow off our wedding for. It probably would. A NASCAR rally's fun. Yeah, well. Uh, but, no, so, you know, like I say, there there are certain items, and again, if you if you just sat and, and made a list of all the things that need to be done, even that can get kind of intimidating, because you're probably going to have three, four pages of stuff. Uh, if you're doing it in a notebook, but remembering that, like I say, some of these decisions, some of these to do or some of these do outs can't you can't make progress on them until a certain point. So you might as well pull those out, lump them into a, a second phase or a third phase in some cases, however you're organizing it, and leave that till then. And and, and by phase, I think the i like the way we did it we broke it down into dates yep 
we took the months and we said, okay, phase one is... Well, again, phase one's everything from when we started until the invites go out in the mail. Uh, phase two is from when the invites go out to the mail until about two weeks, or until the final numbers need to be given to the vendor. But we actually sat down and figured out, like, by these dates, yeah, yeah. these items must be done. Mm-hmm. And I also like that we didn't really consider anything too small. No. Again, if it has to be done, it's on the list. Every little thing. And, and, and again, it's, it's not nearly as intimidating when you, again, break it out into chunks uh, based on, yeah. T- the, the time frame of when you can achieve yeah. certain tasks. But including the smaller items on there, I think, leaves you to, one... If it's something that can easily be accomplished, it's another checked off box. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, like you said, it makes you feel good. But two, like, you don't want to realize the morning of your wedding that you forgot to buy wedding shoes. Yes. Uh, and again, no item is too small. Uh, and like, yeah, like I said, one, there are a few um, feelings in the world better than crossing something off of a to-do list. And, and then, too, yeah, you can say, oh, well, of course I'm going to remember to, um, you know, plan the rehearsal dinner. But then things get in the way. And you left it off the list, so you're not really focused on it. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's you know, three or four days prior, and you realize, oh, I never called there to get reservations. So you put it on. And I guess rehearsal dinner is not a small thing, but... Get a cake topper. Right. You don't want to like realize. Because there. there are certain times where I was adding things to the list and going, oh, that's, of course, I'm not going to forget to do that. That's not big enough to make the, the to-do list. But, you know, like Dave mentioned, then your day of and you realize I forgot something small that was really important to me. But because I spent all week in contact with different vendors and it slipped my mind and now, oops. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and so, you know, we've got our phase, you know, right now we're in phase one. Invites have not gone out yet. So, you know, we're doing fairly well. We've got a lot of green on this, uh, just two reds and one yellow um, uh, left to do. And, you know, we've got a while yet till we're, uh, till we're going to be sending out the invites. So, again, it makes you... it it gives a quick visual on hey we're doing all right you know we're not behind the curve it's comforting to look at and go yeah no i'm i'm not doing bad yeah and in fact we've also been able to knock off a few things that we had in our phase two there's just a you know like three little green uh squares in there good deal of yellow and and a fair amount of red left and then our phase three is basically the the two weeks leading up to the wedding and this is you know again doing doing those really final things um you know doing your checks and inspections making sure you know the rooms the way you want it to making sure you're you're you know seeing eye to eye with the coordinator and and everything like that but your phase three you know for something that close like there shouldn't be much on it we've got four things uh, and that's pretty much it. Right. And to about certain items are on phase two that, like, I believe she, 
buying shoes is a phase two item? Uh, actually, no. It's phase one. Oh, is it really? Bride shoes is phase one. Okay, uh, well, bad example. But I'm sure there's items on phase two that we could accomplish, but well, they're in phase two because that's our hard date. Yeah, By we, the end of phase two, that has to be done. We need to have done that. So, like, we're, we're green now on making a decision on hair and makeup for the brides, for the for yourself and the bridesmaids. That was in phase two because you don't really need to make a decision on that until uh, later. But you were able to, you know, you you just had a meeting with your bridesmaids. Uh, you talked to a few you, uh, people who do hair and makeup. You found one you like at a good price. And boom, it's done. So it's it's green right now, um, and and it's in phase two. Right, and certain things like I I'm still in the decision making process of what type of veil or mm-hmm. headpiece to a certain extent that I really want to go with, and I have time to figure that out. But that's one of those things of I want to think about it. I want to look around. I want to find something that I'm in love with. But in the token of doing that, if I get distracted by 50 other things, then oops. Yeah. So, you know, I think those items being on the checklist are very important. Well, and then uh, something like uh, dress alterations for your wedding dress. You know, again, that's something that sits fairly high, I would guess, in the mind of most brides as far as their mental checklist of things they need to get done. But again, that's a phase two thing. I mean, you could get it done now if you wanted to, but you're leaving a lot of time between now and the wedding for, you know, potential, you know, fluctuations in in weight or, you know, anything like that. And that can be a problem. So you might as well stick that in phase two. You know, you kind of want to find the sweet spot of when to do that. Right. It's too early to do that now. But when you're working with vendors, I do recommend finding one oh, you yeah. like and booking them, even if you're booking five months out in advance. Well, like, yeah, thing, things like booking your vendors, those are those all should probably be phase one items. Even if you don't have to have contact on a regular basis with them at this point, just make sure that you've researched who you want, and that's the benefit of starting early. You research who you want, and it is so early out, most of the time you are going to be able to get who you've chosen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you make your deposit, because that's a big part of wedding planning, <laughs> is everybody wants their deposit. So you've done that, and now, like, they're just waiting in the wing till it gets closer, and you actually have to make more contact with these people. Um, but yeah, so that, like, like I say, that's, that's our kind of working checklist right now. Um, it worked. It 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 works fairly well. I would recommend anybody create that a, a similar. Doesn't have to be the exact same. And again, the format you use to create it does not matter. If you want to do post-it notes and do like a conspiracy theorist wall of post-it notes, if that if that's how your mind organizes and processes things, then that's the right answer for you. It doesn't matter. I definitely think it should be individual to however people wish to do it, but that it is important that you do have a go-to checklist of some form. Mm. And and again, don't underestimate the color coding. It it has very beneficial psychological effects 
on, again, realizing, no, you're not nowhere. You don't have a million things to do. Most of this chart is green right now. That's good. Let's focus on the yellows and the red, you know, the few yellows and reds left. Uh, so the, the one thing I would say is no matter how you do it, do the color coding by status because it'll, it'll make you feel better about where you're at. Um, so then, you know, we, we've got our checklist. So then it, it came down to creating a schedule and there's the, the big schedule, you know, that, that spans basically from when we got engaged to the, the day of the wedding. And then there's the little schedule, which is the day of, and, and Shannon out there had asked for day of, so we'll, we'll hit that first and then we'll kind of circle back to big schedule. Uh, so for day of, uh, I've always found the best thing with uh, creating any kind of schedule is you, you need to start with what I would usually refer to as pylons. Uh, they are the events during, you know, again, whether it's a day, a week, a month, however, whatever the span of time you're planning for, there are going to be certain events that can't move. They are what they are. They, they will be taking place at this time on this day. So. You know, if you know, you're talking about army stuff, that's usually meals. Meals are pylons. They happen at certain times of day. You got to make sure people are fed. Um, in our case, for the wedding, the pylon is basically the 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 wedding itself. Um, you know, we have a contract with our venue that says cocktail hour will start at four. So that's not moving. We, right. si we signed that contract. We made the payment. Uh, that's not moving. At 4 o'clock, they're setting up shop, and if there's one person in there drinking... So be it. They're serving one person. Yeah. So, and and I, again, in fairness to the Congress, like, if we had a major upheaval in our schedule, I'm sure they'd work with us. But thinking of it that way and saying, okay, cocktail hour starts at 4. It is, by its nature, an hour. <laughs> So the ceremony starts at five. You know, the, we, we generally know about how long the ceremony is going to take. So then dinner starts at, I think we've got it on here for, uh, yeah, dinner starts at 545. So those are pylons. Again, they're not going to move. You can't pick them up and, and, and move them around. They're not adjustable. They're not adjustable. Other things throughout the day are you find can be adjusted in in case of emergency, in case of just mm -hmm. backed up scheduling, which we'll get up to in a minute. But they're not... Most venues, like you said, if something major happens, they're going to work with you. Yeah. You have the venue for that day, and most of the time that's a solo event because they've prepared the room specifically for you. There's no one coming at... Mm -hmm midnight or 10 o'clock when your ceremony ends and going oh we have the room now <laughs> so it can throw things off but if you're just running 15 minutes behind like most venues are gonna go okay you still have the same amount of time in which we've guaranteed you yeah and and so and and again like i say with the nature of a wedding if, if the ceremony or if the dinner starts at 5.45, dinner's probably going to last an hour and change. 
I think know. we gave ourselves like an hour and a half. And, well, and we'll get into padding our timelines later. But, uh, and after the dinner, you're going to do the cake cutting, you're going to have toasts, and then you go into the dances. Again, th- these are pylons, mainly because, you know, it might be more convenient to take the block of, of dancing and move it to 10 in the morning because you don't have anything going on at that point. But, like, you can't. Right. That's how the wedding plays That's out. That's how it's going to flow. You can't move the dancing before the cocktail hour. You can, you know. So, again, th- those are rock solid. So you plug those into your schedule first because, they're again, they're not going to move. And then everything else you have to do through the course of the day of the wedding has to fit around that. Well, I think what made sense to me was, like you said, starting with the immovable times, Mm -hmm. starting with the things that aren't, that has to be. Yeah. Then moving on to what do we want in our reception? What do we want in our ceremony? And figuring out roughly, okay, we know that we want to cut the cake. Yes. Let's figure out about how long we think the cake cutting is going to go. Well, and again... Yeah, so it's not so much, you know, when when in the evening does that happen? Because we know when in the evening it happens. It happens after dinner. I suppose we could cut the cake before the ceremony, but that wouldn't make much sense now. Unless I'm really hungry, well, then it would make perfect sense to me. At that point, you're just going to grab a chunk <laughs> out of the cake. Um, but, like, yeah, the you know, the cake cutting comes after the dinner but before the dance and like again that's just how weddings work right i'm sure people out there have come up with more with clever ways of mixing that up or doing it a little differently and that's cool but generally speaking there's an order to events but even if you're doing a different type of order or something you still have to have your timeline to know when things are going to when are you going to do and it may it's again it's one of those things that it seems like such a small thing to put on the timeline Okay, we're going to take 15 minutes and cut the cake. But if you don't, then you're going to get to the end of dinner. And you're not going to forget to cut the cake. But there's not going to be that that item on your schedule, on your timeline that says, okay, we're, we're going to cut the cake and then do toasts. So what can happen is you're like, oh, well, I guess everybody's done. Let's do toasts midway through the maid of honors toast you realize you haven't cut the cake yet and now now everything gets jumbled and i think it gets helpful too and we can go into this more in depth of filling in the people on when their cues are like telling let's say van dyke for example he's giving a best man speech we're telling him we plan to cut the cake and this may not be our exact timeline i'm not looking at it actually it is but you got it so we're gonna cut the cake at what time uh seven o'clock we're going to cut the cake at 7 o'clock. We estimate that your speech will then take place at uh, 7.15. 7.15. So, well, and even just knowing, hey, when you see us finish cutting the cake... Well, that's what I was going to get into. Guess what, bro? You're up. Right. And that's <laughs> the point that I was getting to yeah. was Van Dyke knows we're cutting the cake. Obviously, if it's 7.18 yeah. and we're still cutting the cake... Van Dyke's not going to walk in front of us and say, it's 7.15, it is best man speech time. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I know you're having a moment, but co- according to the schedule you gave me, I have to give a speech now. Honestly, if Chris did that, I would die laughing. He might. That would be the best. But um, 
No, so like Dave was saying, you he's got his cue. Yeah. He sees, okay, they're gearing up, they're cutting the cake. I know I'm speaking I'm, after they're done. I'm on deck. Right. Um, and so, yeah, once you put those events in, uh, really, like, I mean, for us, the pylon events take up about half the half the available day of scheduling which then again just makes it kind of process of elimination for everything else you want to do so you know again you know there's things you want to do we want to do wedding party well, after i think after we get through our pylons and things that we know we have to we accounted for vendor times when are our vendors showing up yeah and i've got a, along the bottom of our timeline you know the block of time that the photographer is going to Because hopefully there. you've chosen wisely and your vendors say, I'm going to be there at 10 sharp. And that in fact happens. So that then becomes another type of pylon timing where your photographer says she's coming at 10. So you better be on the lookout for her to arrive at 10 o'clock. That needs to be accounted for in your day. Well, and plus it also creates implied um, tasks to you of photographer if if the photographer's showing up at 10 uh, then you, your wake up call can't be 11 o'clock absolutely because like, you need to be up for that or else the photographer's just sitting in the lobby I don't know and again I mean the vendor's getting paid regardless yeah so if you're paying your photographer to sit in the lobby and drink coffee and eat a donut I'm sure they're fine with that because mm-hmm. they are being paid for that time they are there for that time and you're getting what you get out of them mm-hmm. if your lateness has you know created a conflict in scheduling and so again dr- placing the, those kind of must happen and, and immovable uh, items on the schedule makes scheduling everything else a lot easier because everything else kind of has to fall into line based on what's already there so, like, again, if we want to do wedding party photos, we can't do them at five because that's when we're getting married. So, but in that same we, aspect, we, we could do them after at 10 o'clock at night or we can do them before. After doesn't make sense. So we have to do them before. So we got to find a block of time that wedding party photos can take place in. So, you know, we put ours at one thirty to three. And, you know, we've got a block of time. We throw that up on the on the chart. And and now it occupies that space, too. Um, you know, the you, you and the bridal party need to get ready. Like, you know, you're going to wake up in the morning and not be immediately ready to throw on a dress and get married. Well, let me just throw in a note. We're going to wake up fabulous. <laughs> what? We're going to be ready to go as soon as we spring out of bed. There's... Yeah. There's so, nothing to it. So there, there's a prep time that's required, and right now we're thinking about you're you're thinking about two hours, maybe a little I think more. Three, three hours is where it's at. Right oh now. yeah, with the hair. So okay, that has to go somewhere, and and again, that by its nature, like without you having to make a decision on it, that by its nature has to go before literally everything else. Absolutely, because I can't take you, you, pictures. You can't do bride and groom photos. You can't do wedding party photos, can't do family photos, can't show up to cocktail hour, can't show up to the ceremony without that happening. So guess what? That go that 
that any event you plan after that pushes that event further to the left on your timeline and and you know be careful because if you overpack the the your period of time during the day by its nature bride prep is going to wind up starting at like four in the morning because if it takes you know in if it's like mandy and it's going to take about three hours because it's it's you and your bride right so to get everybody done takes about three hours well if we started throwing additional events onto our timeline here again that prep just keeps getting pushed back and back and back or you're now being pulled in three different ways creating a very hectic environment yeah and so yeah kind of figuring that out becomes more deductive than inductive because again it just okay if cocktails hour starts at four then we want to do pictures with our family at three uh and that means if we're going to do that at three that means we can't we have to be done with our wedding party photos by then so then we need an hour and a half which means wedding party photos start at 1 30. if wedding party photos start at 1 30 and you want to do unique bride groom photos then that's got to happen before that which means that starts at noon and if we're going to do bride groom photos starting at noon it means bride prep time has to be done by noon so bride prep then starts at nine and so that schedule just literally planned itself just based on what we know we want to accomplish where it falls on the timeline lays itself out at a certain point because yeah certain things need to happen in a certain order right and you have to understand how much time you need for such a lot of things well and then that gets into like we will probably i think we actually have planned to go out and look at the hotel and some different places we're doing to a scouting see where mission. we want yeah. pictures yep and we'll then sit down and figure out did we allow ourselves enough time on the schedule for all this to happen as well as figuring out what order we're going to do the pictures to be kind of as efficient with our time as possible so well and that rather goes than into take a take some pictures at the congress and then oh we want to go across the street oh we got those pictures you know what i wanted another one back at the congress and rather than going back and forth on the day having an idea of okay we're gonna go you know we're gonna leave the hotel we're gonna go here here and here it's gonna loop us all the way back around to the hotel and then we'll do pictures in the hotel or you know or what, we'll what, start out in the hotel and yeah. then branch out whatever but i what we'll do is we'll sit down and prioritize spots that we know absolutely mm-hmm. I want a picture in front of this yep um, but yeah no, so then uh, you know once once you kind of have all the events and, and a general idea of what order they need to happen in uh, what, I, what I tend to do is I, I create what is uh, I, I people I work with have mockingly called a Skittles chart <laughs> And all it is 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 it's a table again I use PowerPoint and it's each column is an hour uh, you know 9 o'clock 10 o'clock 11 o'clock 12 o'clock you know whatever your time full timeline is and then I just use uh, color-coded text boxes to represent the event and however long the event is I stretch it out over that piece of the the table 
And so you can start basically tacking events up and see how things land. The reason I like doing that is, um, again, one, it gives you this very nice visual, you know, one image visual representation of your entire schedule. And then two, it allows for, rather than sitting there on, in, like a, in, in Word and writing out, you know, 9 o'clock, colon, this happens, 10 o'clock, this happens. This kind of thing allows you to stack events. So, like, during Mandy's bride prep time, bride and bridesmaids prep time, um, myself and the groomsmen don't have anything to do with that. Like, our prep doesn't take nearly as long. We all wake up fabulous. Uh, doesn't take very long to get into, you know, a suit or a uniform or anything like that. So, we don't have anything to do during that time uh which means we can then go out and do groomsmen photos and stuff like that and doing the 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 table lets you clearly see that yeah you can stack events you can have multiple things happening at the same time rather than like say if you're just if you're working on a piece of paper with you know numbers and times I'm sure not for everybody, but for most people, it can kind of escape you that, well, I, I can't have, we can't do groomsmen photos at nine because I've got, you know, bride prep at nine. It's already filling that spot on the list. Well, again, two separate groups of people. Um, so again, they can be doing things at the same time. It lets you see the overlap of what's happening in the big picture mm -hmm. of, like you said, your groomsmen obviously should not be in the room no. while I'm preparing, so they don't need to be there. No. My girls, they have to be they there. Have to. They're being worked on. But like I say, and and you can it, it, in some cases make make your schedule more efficient that way by stacking events. You can also like, see error in it too. Oh yeah. If you if your designated color is showing up in the same block of time for two different things in two different places, it quickly alerts you to. Uh, I can't, I don't have a time turner. I'm mm. not Harry Potter. Well, so. and again, the reason it's called a Skittles chart is because each item, each bar that I put on the the table, I color code it to, you know, who's involved. And if you're planning anything complicated enough, you wind up using seven or eight colors. And again, uh, we're not an invasion, so I don't no. think we're at that level. But, but. We, we, we have a fair amount of colors. So again, groomsmen, groom and groomsmen specific events are in blue. Bride and bridesmaid specific events are in pink. Which again, if those are completely exclusive, those events can happen at the same time. Because they don't involve any of the same people. Whereas like, wedding party photos requires everybody. That's purple. And I can't stack I, I can't stack a groomsman event uh, on top of a wedding party event because it would involve two people being in the same place or in, in a person being in two different places at the same time. Um, you know, again, family photos I, I've got is gray because that's you, me, and our immediate family and stuff like that. So again, when you start throwing this stuff up there, it winds up looking like you, you know, skittles <laughs> across this table. But it is very helpful, and it's a very useful tool to again visualize your plan. And and again, just like the checklist, 
the right way of doing this is the way that works best for you. And if, if writing out a timeline in just on paper or a word processor uh, works better for you, hey, go with that. Uh, this works really well for me. Um, and, and again, it has some advantages to it as well from, from a technical well, standpoint. Organiza- Organizational-wise, I think we're both kind of on the same page where things like this tend to work well for both of us. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of office and accounting in my background, and this makes sense. But it, like you said, if your brain if your brain works different, everyone processes, understands, and organizes all in a different way. And, and so, again, you can make a, a similar chart with Post-it notes if you want to. Like, it, you can do it. it. You put it up on the wall. Like um, I know some, at one of the people I know getting married, she's very artistic. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to sit down and draw out a notebook with different little drawings on each page. And that's how her brain processes. Okay. So, but I do think it is another very important tool to accomplish as far as making a timeline. Like, it's useful in some way, shape, for, shape or form. Plan out the events for the day. Figure out hard times and movable times. And also, something else we kind of different didn't cover. Eat on the day of your wedding. <laughs> which, we before do, th- which we do have planned into our schedule. We did put it in our schedule. And I think that was more because you were afraid I wasn't going to eat. Yes. And become very unpleasant i don't like hangry mandy and uh really don't want to see her show up on the wedding day i'm going to be carrying trail mix in my pockets in just in case not a lot of people like hangry mandy no um but no and then of course the 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 other nice thing about a chart like this is is events depending on how long they are uh, wind up taking physically more space on your chart and so again it's very easy to see Oh no, we can't, you know, uh, overlap anything on this because you know again, hey, this takes three hours, and it just that's how much time it takes. Um, so it's very useful there. That leads into the the biggest tip I can give anyone in planning anything where you have a fair degree of control over the the schedule, which is pad your timelines uh pad give yourself if possible what if you think something is going to take an hour schedule it for two hours if If you you can if if you can if not again buy yourself pad as much extra time onto it uh, onto each event as you possibly can because inevitably something's going to go wrong it just is like and again it could be something minor like oh we're going to do photos at buckingham fountain but uh you know ashley forgot her purse up in the room and it's going to take her you know i don't know five minutes to run up there and get it not a problem unless you have created a like down to the minute tight schedule and suddenly being off by five minutes is is going to create reverberations down your entire timeline because you you planned everything so tightly buy yourself as much time for every event as you possibly can obviously some stuff cocktail hour by its nature is an hour. hour can't do anything about it but like we've got family photos scheduled for an hour 
that is probably going to take 15 minutes. And what that does is if we then run late on other things throughout the day, we've padded the timeline for we can deal. still get the family photos in and be ready for cocktail hour to yeah, start. We'll still have the 15 minutes we need. And where I think it's important in the ceremony to do that is, like, for example, our speeches are each person has said they want to go about five minutes. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make long speeches. They think five minutes is a good go-to time. So maybe we plan 15 minutes for speeches because, ladies, at some point during your wedding ceremony, you are going to have to use the bathroom. (laughs) You are going to have to go. And depending on your dress, that can be quite an operation. I was just going to say, and as you're doing something as simple as, oh, I have to pee, which is a normal three-minute occurrence and under usual circumstances, you're now in your wedding dress, which means you have to find one maybe two of your bridesmaids they have to come with you it's going to take a couple minutes Mm -hmm. you're going to be gone for a little bit and again if you've got your schedule down to this like to the minute clockwork thing and you didn't account for having to pee like the whole thing's thrown off then and you know that 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 it starts to you know Uh, affect things later on down the schedule and that's not to say that it's going to get to cake cutting time and i'm going to look at you and go stall them for 10 minutes i have to go pee right now i you know things like that may occur i i i know i get a dirty look every time i bring it up but there are adult diapers if you say that seriously (laughs) in all honesty one more time it's an option it is not an an option option under any circumstances I feel for the people that have to wear them, and if it's a medical condition, I do not have a medical condition. I will not be doing that. Please do not bring it up. Now, fortunately, we have closely accessible bathrooms, and some some you know of your best friends as bridesmaids, I think we'll be able to handle it. Definitely, and I think that's most any circumstance. But again, like you said, leave yourself a little bit of padded oh. for different types of things like that and again make each event uh truly as fat as you can you know again pad that timeline uh wherever you can because again it's going to wind up paying off and and it could be an you know like i say it could be as minor as somebody forgot their purse upstairs and and you know it's only going to take a few minutes to go get it. it could be something major like uh, again, you know, your your brother's, you know, coming up midday and normally on a, you know, on a weekend, uh, you know, the Dan Ryan will be clear or, you know, should be pretty smooth sailing. You should be able to get up in about 20 minutes. Right. But all it takes is a vehicle fire. Which happens. Which happens sometimes. You know, a semi-truck overheats, catches fire on the north, in the northbound lane shuts down the entire northbound section of the Dan Ryan. Well now he's going to be an hour late. And if we if we were needed him there at noon and every event after noon after 12 o'clock requires his presence and he's an hour late, well now we're just sitting around waiting. And and you know we're losing things off the schedule, but you know, if you tell him, hey, we need you here at, um, you know, 10, and he shows up at 10 and there's nothing to do immediately, it's not as big of a deal. Um, you know, if, if he winds up being late, because 
we, we don't necessarily need him exactly at 10. You, no you, day... You, you throw that pat. No day is going to run exactly like clockwork. Mm. It's not going to happen. So if you attempt to account for things that reasonably could happen and end up with extra time, you know, it's not the end of the world. You, all it means is, uh, you know, we, we find ourselves, you know, like we get our wedding party photos done with 30 minutes to spare, pop into the hotel bar and have a cocktail. Right. You know, we having time to spare is never bad. Um, and same thing with the ceremony, it, or reception rather. If we've padded it too much... Then we end up with 20 minutes to a half an hour of extra open dance time. Yep. Uh, and, and again, we've got enough music to last us that, so it, it's, not a pr- it's not a problem having more time than you anticipated. It's always a problem having less. Which I think is another important thing to bring up. We actually sat down and tried to figure out how much open dance time for songs that we are wish to hear Mm -hmm. we want played at our wedding and i think that's important to do because most of the time you're supplying your dj with songs you want to hear and if you've given him two hours and it ends up being three hours worth of music Mm. and he doesn't have a go-to he's he's basically on the fly at that point which and you're going to hear the chicken dance twice well i mean if you have a good dj or Mm. you know organized maybe not but perhaps on the fly he plays a song that is wedding appropriate and you know, normally it's a great song, but the bride hates it. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, she has a huge dislike of it. So you're running that gauntlet. Uh, but yeah, no, so like I said, the padded timeline is, is, is huge. And, and again, you're not going to be able to pad everything, and you're not going to be able to double time, you know, times allotted for everything. But as much as you possibly can, even if it's just throwing another 10 minute or 10 minutes more than you think it will actually take. That 10 minutes can sometimes be huge. Uh, so, yeah, so that's our kind of our day of planning. Now, we said we'd kind of get back to the, the macro planning. And one of the things we did for that is uh, Mandy's mom was awesome enough to give us both um, planners for this year for back at uh, during Christmas. And we've been making excellent use out of those. I will admit, I had no intention on using a paper planner for anything, just because it's outside the norm of what I usually do. I have the calendar on my phone, Mm -hmm. and that's typically my go-to. But I did find that through planning this, you are looking so far ahead sometimes that it's much easier to flip in a paper calendar in front of you than to keep going back and forth on your phone calendar. And that was just personally how I found that it was much easier mm. i mean some of my bridesmaids are using their phone and they're perfectly content with that yeah but when you're the well, couple there's and, a lot going on and again it's it's sort of well the other nice thing about the the paper planner is we wound up both getting one but we're really using we've consolidated everything onto one and well, so when whenever if I'm going to add an event or if Mandy's going to add an event or a do out or something, we both put it onto the same calendar so that, again, everything winds up existing. Like, again, I don't necessarily need to be tracking exactly when your dress alterations are going to happen because that doesn't really involve me. But 
having it on the calendar lets me know I can't schedule anything else with you for that day. Right. I'm taking that day. And so that, yeah, having a single consolidated calendar instead of everybody having separate calendars really helps. Well, honestly, what I've been doing is we use the main one at the house and we fill in things and then I take mine and I fill everything in that one also because that's the one I carry with me to in my bag for the day. Mm -hmm. So when I'm making vendor appointments or looking at things like that, I can easily see what we already have planned. So we are kind of using two. Yeah. But again, on on our main one, you know, we've put everything from uh, due dates for payments to the vendors uh, to uh, what, what, you know, uh, a a term I like to uh, use uh, or borrow from from the Army, which Mm -hmm. is uh, what we call a no shit date. The date at which, at that point, you absolutely positively must either do something or make, really, those are for make a decision. So, like, we have, uh, I'm looking through our calendar now, a decision on uh, uh, invites, on, on what we want our invitations to look like, which actually we've already done. But we needed to make that decision no later than the 18th of June. And so having it on the calendar there lets us know if we hadn't made a decision by, you know, the 4th or 5th of June, we really need to clear everything else off the table and deal with that. Because we're getting to the point where we we need to make a decision on it by late June so that we could order the things we need to order or, you know, get things printed so that we could then push out the invites by the day we need to in late July. Uh, so though that that's that's useful to put on your kind of long-term schedules. We also have target dates, kind of generally, you know, things that aren't quite hard and fast, but we definitely want to get something done by a certain point. Right. There's dates where it's it's not the end of the world if it that's a week later. Yeah. But mentally, we kind of would like to have it tied down by this day. Yeah, and so. You know, we have a target for mailing our, our invitations. Now, if for some reason we couldn't mail those out until the day after, not the biggest deal in the world. If we mailed them out two days prior, wouldn't be the end of the world either. But we've got our target date, and we want to hit somewhere kind of near that. Um, and then, you know, the, the full, you know, uh, planner also really helps in, in something that if you're not already aware of it out there, uh, can be very useful for, uh, you know, like I say, planning that macro schedule, which is the using backwards planning. So like when it came to our invitations, you know, how we got to that decision date was, you know, we know, we know when our wedding is, and then the venue provides us with a date by which we have to get our final uh, you know, meal counts and seating arrangements to them, which is about two weeks prior to the wedding. So we know when that date is. Mandy and I sat down and talked about it. We figured we wanted a month uh, to compile RSVPs because we've been told by friends of ours who have gotten married before that 
people, guests aren't always great about getting RSVPs back to you in a timely manner. Or there's information missing off them, like which meal they prefer to have. Yeah, or they filled it out wrong, or they didn't leave their guest name. So you're, you wind up, uh, as we've been told, you wind up having to kind of track down information. So we decided in the event of that, we wanted to give ourselves a month to do that. If you know, however much of that we have to do, hunting down information and making sure that if we didn't get an RSVP from somebody, it's because they're not coming. And actually, a side note a great idea came from Jackie. And when she told us when we're sending out the RSVPs to in a kind of unnoticeable place, put a number and correspond that with. The person. Oh yeah, in case they forget to fill their name out. Or right, or you can't read it. it. Yeah. Some people have messy handwriting and it becomes hard to and read. And so we know that invite number 13 is, you know, I, my buddy uh, John. Um, yeah, that we're definitely doing that. Yeah, that was a great helpful tip. Helpful. I thought it was a fabulous idea because I work with a lot of people for things that they've written to me and there's a lot that You'd be amazed how sloppy people's handwriting can get. So knowing that we wanted a month to deal with that, we then take the the date that the venue needs our, our final numbers by, and we added a month, or we, I guess, subtracted a month from that. So that puts us at the end of, of September. We have to, that that is the cutoff date for our SVPs, just by, by implication it is. So... If the cutoff date's going to be the end of September, then we figured a, a decent amount of time for um, pushing them out and, and waiting for replies was, what, uh, two months. And we padded that a little bit because yeah. we do have a lot of people traveling. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's more more time than people would usually give, but I'd rather have the guests coming from farther away. Yeah. have a little bit longer to make arrangements. And so with, with two months and change, then again, it by by doing this through backwards planning, it just becomes uh, natural that the invites have to go out at the end of July. Which is also helpful when working with a calendar to look at and go, okay, well, my dad's birthday's in July. Obviously, for that weekend, I don't want to plan making putting invites together and getting them yep. in the mail because, you know, there's going to be family things so, going so on. So we don't want to do it, you know, this Saturday because we know we're going to have stuff going on. So, but yeah, rather than, you know, sitting there and going, okay, when do I want to send out invites and trying to forward plan it, backwards planning can, can be really helpful because it, it doesn't relieve you of having to make a decision, but it really narrows down again just kind of logically what your decision is going to be and it can show you exactly where you're falling in like maybe you thought that you had longer to do certain things mm-hmm. and you realize that when you're going backwards to present time that that only gives you a week to do that and that's not feasible so and, well and, and I know like I really I expected we'd be sending out invites in like May and I don't know, I could not tell you why I thought that. It's just I had it in my head. I'm like, yeah, invites invites will go out in May. And until you sit and look at the calendar and kind of, again, backwards plan it and realize, well, like, oh, man, we're going to wind up giving 
people, uh, you know, five months to respond. Uh, people are going to forget about the wedding by then. Uh, so, like, it helps in that, too. Because, yeah, like I say, I had that in my head. Uh, just because that seemed like a reasonable date to send them out. But when you really look at it in, in the way things need to happen and the way the timeline works, it doesn't make any sense to send them out that early. Um, and so, you know, we're much better off backwards planning it, which gets us to the, this kind of late July date. And then you just kind of pick a date, uh, you know, generally, you know, when it needs to be. And you just kind of pick a date, put that in the calendar, and now that's what we're going off of. And another thing that we did that I found super helpful for the broad scope of things is when it came to dealing with the vendors. There are vendors I exclusively deal with, and there are things that you exclusively deal with, and we're not cross, Mm -hmm. we're not doing double work. Yeah. We're not coming home to, oh, I talked to the photographer today, to have you turn around and go, oh, I also talked to the photographer today. Well, well, that also helps, again, as long as as you and your uh, spouse-to-be are generally on the same page it, it, it helps to you know the the photographer is getting instructions and things like that from one voice yours right because I don't talk to the photographer and I don't have a problem with our photographer she's just fine but you know you became the point of contact right I've that. pretty much taken over um, as dealing with them uh, and so you know a lot of things that have to do with the venue I'm the point of contact that they they hit up on that. Um, it yeah. It, and there it, are it certain helps. things where like our event coordinator. Yeah. We we've both dealt with her mm-hmm. in certain things, but it just becomes I think a point of saying like we were trying to contact her for something in the near future. I specifically said I will call her. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it because again then you're not getting. You're not getting both people calling. Which is better for the vendor because that can become frustrating if, you know, she's just spoke to you a half an hour ago and now I don't know that and here I am calling about the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And and again, you know, who's doing what, uh, how much of anything anybody's doing doesn't really matter just so long as that you both are clear on who's doing what. Right. You know, your mom dibs have uh, planning a bridal shower for you which was great because I know I don't have to do that planning you know you don't have to do that planning your aunt knows she doesn't have to do that planning like again your mom threw her hand up right cool. from my there mom, on we're good my mom and grandma called the shower and basically anything that the family like you know like my aunts are helping with they're going through my mom at this mm-hmm. point and they that, that kind of chain of command is helpful to keep one you from getting inundated by every question and then you know two you know it helps kind of divvy out the work right and it also you know I've told her if you need extra call call Nikki Mm -hmm. she knows Nikki and that's her point of contact to the bridal party then at this point if she needs them to do something just get a hold of Nikki. Nikki can convey it down the line. Yeah. And then I guess the kind of the last tip for being, you know, organized and, and you know, general, you know, big wedding planning um, 
you know the the one thing I I've, I've seen through uh, weddings I've attended in the past, and and the one thing I'm pretty happy with how we're doing on it so far is remembering that like four out of five times, whatever decision you make will be fine. The only bad decision is not making one, and just kind of punting the issue down the road. Um, you know, do you want these tablecloths to be white or eggshell? In the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Uh, probably not. But if you don't make that call and just say, you know what, eggshell, go, do that. Then it's a week before the wedding and you still don't know which kind of tablecloths you're getting. Or you maybe went with a not-so-on-it event coordinator and your tablecloths are orange now for some reason but again just simply making the decision gets you more than halfway there uh and again you know not to say that there's no such thing as a bad decision there are there very (laughs) much are but most of the time you know you you know what you want for your wedding you you generally know the ballpark and and you know, whatever you're being asked to decide, especially decisions that get down to really granular detail, in the grand scheme of things, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It, of course it matters. But, you know, whether whether the tablecloths are white or off-white, both would be fine. Nobody's going to, like, the wedding's not going to be ruined because you went with off-white rather than white. Um... But like I say, if you if you sit there and, and overthink it and don't just say, you know what, no, I want it, I want them white, off white. Yeah, I don't like the way that looks. I'll go with white. If you don't make the decision, uh, then again, it, that that thing just sits there on your to do list. Right, you're no. being inundated with small things that you could just make a call on, and now they're big things because there's twenty of them that you just. Picked on down the road. So a small decision that you had to make nine months before you got married that you just punted on and you keep pushing it down is now, again, clustered with 20 other decisions that you didn't make and you've got a week to resolve. And now it's a stressful situation. Yeah. Because you're feeling under the eight ball and you just are ending up maybe saying things or just choosing things because you need to get them done. Yeah. And so, again, really, you know, when you're when you're faced with something like that, just, you know, make the decision, whatever the call is, whatever feels right. Uh, because, you know, most of your, especially if you're, it's your wedding party or your guests who are asking like, you know, hey, do you want to do this? Hey, if you, you know, yes, do that. They don't care. They're happy with whatever. They just want to know, you know, hey, this is what, we, what, what do you want? Because as I like to make fun of Mandy with, it's your special day. Uh, and then that kind of gets us to, I think, the last part, which is uh, conflict resolution. And I think this is largely in part for the brides and grooms that are planning together. Mm-hmm. Because in any relationship ever... You are not going to agree 100% of the time, all the time. Nope. Which is why, when Mandy and I disagree, 
We place a single dull knife in the middle of the room and uh, you know I draw a circle around it. Whoever who whoever gets the knife and uh, uh, is the most dangerous with it wins. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> yes. No, I mean you, you know if if you've got and and this could be you know a, a wide range of things, but you know we've had you know, most of the things we've disagreed on so far have been kind of minor details, and and you know I think like in in some of the cases it's it's that thing of you know either you or I have had something in our heads about how we wanted it to work or how how we wanted you know something to happen and it's that thing of until you say it and and open up the possibility of people going well there's an issue with that it seems perfect in your head um but again some of them are just you know you want something and i want something else right we've had different ideas and different visions and so you know there's uh, I don't know if we if we knew the silver bullet to resolving every single one of those perfectly, um, you know we'd be we wouldn't be doing a podcast. We'd be making millions of dollars writing you know relationship you know self help books. But you know it's just sitting down talking you know talking it out. Again, I, in in some cases it is, uh, you know something that, yeah it. it it's something you know we had in our head but yeah when you try to play it out it doesn't quite work as well as you thought it might and it's always easy in human nature for when someone's not agreeing with you or not seeing it the way that you think it should be seen it's easy to become angry Mm -hmm. and that's just human nature so i think one of the most important things to remember is don't get mad at each other over it that's what the knife is for uh, but no, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a disagreement. You're getting married. There's going to be a lot of these. Right. You need to work together as a team in whole as, again, I've committed to be with you for the rest of my life. I'm pretty sure that throughout D- the course... Despite the fact that I actually happen to like Arby's. Yeah, it's not good. You've made your peace with that. I have. That I have. Listen, it's an underrated restaurant. No, don't get the euros there because who goes to Arby's for euros? Uh, but their chicken sandwiches are fantastic. I, I disagree. This episode brought to you by Arby's. We are not sponsored by Arby's. Let me I just wish clearly we were. say that we are not. We are not given free beefy cheddars. I'm just saying, if they offered us some money, I'd take that advertising in a second. I, I will give a, a personal uh, vouching for the uh, buffalo chicken sandwich, which is fantastic. In either sandwich form or slider form. But yeah, the thing is, don't don't turn it into an argument, because at that point you're resolving nothing. Mm. And now... It... Well, have the argument, don't turn it into a fight. Right. I guess, yeah. Have that's... the discussion, I guess yeah. I'll say. It's not really an argument. You know, try to keep it as well this is what's important to me and why and then you know allow them to do the same thing too because it's really easy to get carried away with but that's what i want yeah and and again there's you know we've talked about this in in past episodes there's there's a whole category of stuff having to do with the wedding for, for each of us that you know the whole section of it that uh we just don't care about you know either i don't or you don't and fortunately, that's lined up pretty well with a lot of the stuff that I don't have a strong opinion either way. I'm happy to do it 
however you want to, is stuff that you feel strongly about. And stuff that you don't care about is stuff that I feel strongly about. And that kind of works. It has worked. And a lot of times we do have kind of the same line yep. of thinking. and There's but... the, the overlap, too, where we act legitimately agree. But then there's always that section where, no, we act straight up disagree about how to do this. And honestly, I wouldn't want you to agree with me all the time because then I'd be marrying myself and that's weird. Hmm. But like, yeah, so, I mean, we've, we've kind of, you know, you don't, you don't want to table it because it's just going to come back around and... And now it's a sore subject. Yeah. Now it's harder to talk about. But also at the same token, you don't want to give in to something that you feel very strongly about because then you're going to resent that later. Yeah. That you didn't get something that you felt you really wanted. But but usually I think we've kind of either we you know, we've had our had the we've given our arguments, um, kind of taken a break for, you know, sometimes just like thirty minutes or an hour and one or the other of us will come up with some sort of compromise right. or, or, or alternative entirely. And, you know, that that's it's been working so far uh i again you know we haven't been married yet no less married for any length of time so we'll see if you know 10 years from now uh police discover both of our dead bodies in some sort of murder suicide 10 years from now the knife and the circle are very real yeah i don't know uh but yeah if like unfortunately if if i could give uh uh, double black diamond relationship advice. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be charging all of you for this. So, um, this this is our best guess. But I do think that planning your wedding with your spouse is a good way to work together and come to a lot of decisions that are going to be helpful in the future. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn a lot about each other. You're going <clears> to <throat> be able to sit back and realize if I say this this way, it's going to turn into an argument. If I say it this way, maybe it's a little bit better. It's a little bit more reasonable. Well, and planning we can a wedding, make a compromise. Planning a wedding is a pretty decent primer for uh, being in a relationship for the rest of your life, or at least I hope it is. Um, but no, so Mandy, uh, you know, as far as getting organized and and you know, kind of big scale planning, any uh, any final thoughts? I think we've about covered it with what we found to be important. So hopefully, it was helpful to some people out there that can maybe say, "Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense." Yeah, and uh, if if you like what you heard as far as some of the planning tools we used, uh, but aren't entirely clear, I'm gonna I'll uh, post versions of what the 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 uh, like the skittles chart and the checklist and things like that i'll post versions of that on the uh facebook page so you can kind of see what we're talking about and also to start creating your list there are a lot of websites out there mm. that do have standardized checklists which we found to be a good starting point yeah doesn't the, just like at, the knot do the that? knot has one yeah. that was pretty helpful and then we built off that so that's yeah. also a nice starting point to go ahead and make your checklist from So, well, again, best of luck to everyone out there in your wedding planning. Uh, We'll be back next week with uh, another topic. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, tell us about, you know, any tips and tricks you figured out for uh, planning an organization. Feel free to uh, join us on the Facebook group, leave a comment, uh, or you can even post a, a, a suggestion for a future episode, obviously. 
you know, we do take suggestions here. Shannon, I hope this was helpful. Uh, I know your wedding's coming up pretty soon. Um, if you don't use Facebook, you can feel free to email us at let's plan a wedding pod, P O D, uh, at gmail.com and uh, get in touch with us that way. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you are planning your wedding but also secretly love economics, I do an economics podcast called OK, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. comes out once a week. Uh, and with that, uh, this has been Let's Plan a Wedding. I've been Dave. And I'm Mandy. And I just want to say thanks for listening and to everyone that's rated and reviewed us. Thank you, guys. It really is helpful. Absolutely. And uh, if you haven't rated and reviewed us, uh, do that. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye, everyone.